Welcome to Team Voices Podcast, Season 2, Episode 8. And in this amazing episode, I present to you a very big guest, Liam Brown of Knights GG. Tell us about yourself. Yeah, I'm the Corporate Partnerships Manager at Knights GG, or as I like to call us, Knights Esports Group. And uh, I've been a gamer since I was eight years old. And now I get to be in a behind-the-scenes role and help to legitimize gaming as a passion for everybody uh, and esports as a career for anybody that wants to be a part of gaming. So I'm a big fan of being a part of this subculture and helping it grow, both uh, in the eyes of the young and in the eyes of the old. So it's a little bit about me. Hmm. I can, I can really tell how passionate you are about it. Like we spoke a little bit before that, before the recording, but it's just like you actually care, and like you can tell that the it, the way you go in depth about it. It's nice to see that, especially from someone as big as you. Yeah, I mean, like it was because uh, I'm I'm still part of the generation, and and the gener and like Generation Alpha, and I believe Gen Z can't appreciate this. But like more millennials and possibly a little bit older were part of the generation that was viewed as, oh, well, if you game as and gaming is one of your pastimes, then, you know, that's not the best. Like that's that's seen as something mm. that uh, has a negative connotation to it, whether parents are talking about it or, you know, you're you're talking to somebody else about this. You know, it's just like, oh, well, you should be out. I don't know, doing something else other than gaming, yeah. which I, I for a kid like. You know that's a lot to handle mm. <laughs> you know so um yeah being a part of that generation and also having the parents that i did who told me hey we have no problem with you playing video games we have, we have no problem with hanging out with your friends at their houses playing games that are like rated m for mature you just need to build in your other responsibilities into your day-to-day -day, you know so um i believe that upbringing and timing really helped drive me yep. into this path uh, in really the pursuit of bringing people together, um, we'll, mm. we'll we'll get into this later. But a big thing that I'm about I'm about is bringing people together, um, specifically in the field of gaming, because yep. it is it it has all of the same benefits of perhaps traditional sports and instilling some of those like values into anybody that's a part of it. And also, it's for everybody. You know, we we talk about like there's professional CS:GO teams. I think it's like the Silver Foxes and they're out of I think they're out of Sweden and the youngest member on their team was like 69 or 70 years old. Oh wow. And you've got you've got Twitch yeah, you've got Twitch streamers mm. playing Skyrim and they're in their 70s and yeah. they're going in and they're reading the books and they're exploring the world. So gaming truly is for everybody. Um and we really saw that in the pandemic. So I I really pounced on this opportunity and I was blessed enough to be based in the same city as my organization. So um, applying was crazy for me because I was just like, yeah. all my hopes and dreams were like in this application folder that I'm handing how long? over. But how, uh, though the, that was two years ago. It was about two okay. years ago, two, three oh, years sweet. ago. And oh, nice. um, the organization, so Knights Esports Group is affiliated with the Steelers the, and Pirates and Wiz Khalifa mm. and his Taylor gang. So, very much mainstream traditional entities invested in the yep. organization from early on back in, you know, the organization was founded in 2017, you know, mm -hmm. all the way back then. Yep. And I found that the offices were in the same building as the Steelers offices. 
and I just had my manila envelope with like my resume, my cover letter. Um, I had uh, I I had a white paper that I had written, and then a couple of like face masks because this was COVID mm. at the time. Yeah, and uh, you know I, I had a letter addressed to the CEO, and and you know I just put it I just put it all, and <laughs> I go I go there, and nobody's in the office, and I'm about to like faint. I'm just like, what is going on? There was one woman in the Steelers offices. She was like, had, she was one of their heads of marketing. And I was like, hi, I'm not somebody that you know, but I was wondering if the Knights are still, or if you could drop this off for me. She's like, well, they still get their mail. So yeah, I could totally drop it off for you. So like all my hopes and dreams rested with this one woman that I didn't know, <laughs> didn't know me or didn't care. And then she just like put it in and then I got a call back in like mm. a week. And then I went through the traditional round of interviews. Yep. So that was kind of my entrance into the professional level of esports. That was my first panic, uh, and, mm. and and so now it's it's been a really really cool uh, journey since then. So that's kind of like my origins in this space. Yeah, it's um that's really cool, especially um as you're so new into um the night scene as well. What's it called? So you've had like I guess a lot of experience right in those two years and. Were you so was that in like the pandemic, would you say like still yeah. like when it was quite big? Yeah, so ago. my yeah. so my senior year was the last year. Okay, so so COVID happened mm -hmm. and everybody was kinda like, What's going yep. on? And then the I had my senior year coming up. My mm -hmm. senior year was the first school year. Uh, full school year where nobody knew what was going on. COVID was still going crazy. You know, yep. no classes. Like, no, like professors were still mm. too scared to come to class. And yep. everybody was looking for something to, like, to do, to, to bring each other together. And I found that gaming uh, and esports and the esports discussion never stopped. The tech company that I was working for at that time, CDW, they're pretty big here in the states and they okay. uh, were doing a huge push with their lenovo with lenovo's legion line of gaming laptops and gaming computers mm. so I'm like mm, this is really interesting and i you know i was in a sales role so i was just in charge of like finding um yep. like new clients and keeping those relationships because i was the campus intern so i was just supposed to like you know keep things warm for the corporate team uh, <laughs> I come to find that the esports community is still, you know, thriving, and there's a bunch of different gaming organizations still, and and clubs still at large at my school. So I started, um, you know, bringing them, bringing them all together into meetings with like the. Uh, I found out that the athletics department didn't want anything to do with uh, with esports. They were letting it um, campus recreation department handle it who was also in charge of like overseeing all the different clubs. And I went to University of Pittsburgh. So um, I knew my way around all of the campus. So I was going into like different offices and, and different departments and finding out who was the right person to talk to. Cause I was like, look, mm. we can do something here. Like we can give the students something. Yep. Um, but at that time, like they really weren't ready. You know, the, our branch campus over in the Greensburg area was already investing in an esports program. And I went to the main campus and it's interesting really you know because yeah, like what's it called how yeah. so many colleges are getting involved with esports nowadays like it wasn't so big now but like within the past two years it's it's blown up so much 
Yeah, as a as a recruitment tool and an education pathway mm. and a student engagement tool, it is a really valuable investment for colleges yep. and universities. Plus, we have like you know we got organizations like NACE now, uh, National Association of Collegiate Esports, and you can and any and there's so many different gaming titles you can compete in or pursue scholarships and now you can take that thing that your parents told you to stop doing and you can use it to pay for your entire college education and you can use it to finance your education in whatever major that you choose at that university you know so um i think that it's very important for people to understand that the path to in esports uh, can really help grow whatever entity is is a part of. Yep. So you know whether it doesn't whether you're in middle school, high school, college. Um, but my school didn't want to do anything with it, and I had created the gaming Discord for my school. I was running it, and I was trying to run like small events there. I wasn't really getting any what traction. Game? It was uh, we were we were doing uh, Among Us. We were doing like oh, a bunch okay. of, like smaller Among Us events because I was picking like mm. free games that people could, I love that could, game. Like, yeah, I was like, anybody can play mm. this on desktop, yeah, iPad, yeah. tablet, and, and like phones. So you know, let's get let's get people in, and um, come to find it's like approaching graduation, <laughs> and I don't know what I'm gonna do. I knew I that I wanted to do this, so yep. graduation was gonna be in April. It was January. No, yeah, it was January, and I was like. <laughs> Whatever, and I just got everything in the little envelope, and then I went out and to the to the offices. I I remember it. I still had my I had my student ID, and with my ID, I could get access to like the different buses and the mm-hmm. trains around the city. Yep. So I took like a, a student ride over, and then you know that's how mm. that that was like the lead up, and then my entrance into the space. So that's where yep. I really um I I found that they were hiring, but I didn't really know what role I wanted to be a part of, so just went in and. You know, it was game changer from there. <laughs> oh, I could imagine, man. Uh, this opportunity, I could imagine, was huge. Especially, uh, what's it called when you, you go out of college and you're, you know, you have a career in gaming. So, like something like, and I know you said back before as well. Like, a lot of parents like were against gaming and stuff. What's it called? But yeah, it's it's amazing how, what's it called? How esports, you know, is a full time job now. And um, no, and yeah, I I think it's it's just like with traditional sports. Yeah. Uh, the employment adjacent to the competitive stage is also on the rise. You know, mm. you don't have to go in just being a competitive player. You can be a lawyer. You can be in marketing, and you can be uh, like con- like in content. You can be the head of creative. You know, they they yep. need all of the people that you would find at any other mm-hmm. organization or or traditional sports team, and they need those kinds of people. So. Yep. Really, I, I think the only thing that we need is uh, more people to come into the space, like mm. <laughs> you know, to help expand it. You know, but True. Uh, you know, yeah. And there's so many underrated like um, games out there as well. What's it called? That like their their scene is just waiting to grow. And I'm, I always say this like we need more orcs in the scene. Like there's because like there's like so many orcs out there. Right? What's it called? Where they're like the smaller games, there'll be one good esports team, and then like none for anything else. But it's like, like it's cool, right? But none of the other players have an opportunity. It's like, yeah, that's 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 how I feel about the Smash team. But yes, yeah, no, you bring up you bring up a really good point. You know, the the fighting games 
arena has been so grassroots and mm. that's been good and bad it's yep. been good because it allows everybody to self-organize and in gaming i feel like you really need that because the intervention of the developers as a governing body can be good and bad for so many different reasons but yep. if you keep the entire like event scene like grassroots it'd be like oh, okay like we can definitely get into this mm. and um i think that more people need to come in as events and self-organize as self-organized tournament organizers because you might have yeah. games like uh pal world you know which is like really viral right now or like True. the finals and i don't see events happening at these i see people playing together you mm. know but i don't really see any like cool events and and the technology does need to catch up you know yep. we, we do need to give people the ability to uh, you know, just like with Fortnite, how they have their creative mode, or just like Minecraft and, and Roblox have had that sandbox experience where they allowed the players to come in and create cool new experiences so that everybody can be a part of this game-changing ability of mm. fabricating like your own thoughts and ideas and wants and needs yep. into an experience and sharing it with people. <laughs> and we don't the, the the technology needs to develop so that more people are able to push in that direction and not just be part like part of a box where oh, okay these are the games these are the most popular games right now um so i'm only going to be existing in this in this box you know so yep that's that's my soapbox uh speech right there <laughs> <laughs> that's how we bring more people in well i agree i really do and what's it called you see so many of these games what's it called like you know those like how would you call them I'd say like like these like small time esports games, you know those like let's give me an example. Um Hyperscape or what's another good one? Um what's that game? What's that like rogue rogue company? That's it. Like these small like esport companies oh, show yeah. up right, yeah. And you think, oh, this is gonna be the next killer or something of some other game, right? And then it yeah. doesn't take off right, yeah. But sometimes yeah. the ideas are really good, right? What's it called? But the player base right is so saturated with other games and genres, it's yeah. like ah. Oh, no, you, yeah. you bring up a really good point there. And, and I feel like there's a lot of developers that don't take into account that the launch and management of a gaming title is like a champagne tower. Mm. Everything is like these small little glass champagne flutes that could so easily tip over. And when the whole thing tips over, then your game falls into obscurity. You know, there's... Yeah. um what is it, Gamer Ranks on YouTube, and they talk about, hey, you know, coming up this next month, these are the top gaming titles uh, coming out in February. I was just watching it, actually, like, an hour ago. And okay. there's, like, 10 new games coming out, or no, like, 15 games that they were reporting on going into next mm. month. And, you know, I remember, I, you probably remember, but back when, like, E3 was happening, and we had, like, yeah, yeah. I, I remember when Assassin's Creed 2 was coming out. And I was mm. watching G4 and um, X-Play, yep. and they were reporting on all the new game mechanics and i was like wow like this is this is something now like for better or for worse it's too samey like, yeah. yeah it's like we, we have so much cool stuff coming out that people need to understand like hey there's always going to be cool stuff coming out so how do we like flip this and make this mm. seem stand out how what do we give to the fans what kind of like troubleshooting and like yep. tech support capabilities do we need to provide so people are like, hey, I ran into this problem, and because I ran into this problem, I'm not going to play this game anymore. That, like minimizing that, making it so that you know the the each of the players can organize with them and their friends easily, you know, and then nobody does that. 
Hey, well, except for Riot Games. I, I feel like Riot Game, Riot's done a really, really they're good the king. job of that. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're really the king. Like, we, we work pretty closely with those guys, uh, and we're partners nice with we them. Know. And they, and they, like, own, I think the math is, like, 55 or 65% of the global esports space. So, oh, wow. That's crazy. Because, because they're so data-driven. You know, I, yeah. you know we, we talked to them, and, and obviously, like, with League of Legends, they ran it successfully for, like, 10 or, like, 10 mm. years before they started expanding it to different gaming titles, like, with TFT, yep. uh, and, and now Project L, and also, like, Valorant. You know, they were consumer-focused first, and they were constantly there with bug fixes and stuff like that. They were constantly providing, like, a space for the... for um, for the fan base and they were measuring everything as they go by so i remember when when they were talking about valorant um they were they took all of the data they, they had just collected over the course of league of legends and they just like ported it into a first person shooter title so mm. that they were able to compete in most different genres you know they they yeah. kind of conquered mobas and now they're going to focus on fps now with project l mm. they're going to uh, they're going to focus in on like fighting games and project l Project L, dude, you gotta check nah, this out. Nah, you gotta tell me about this. Come on. Okay, so so Project L is a it is a fighting game mm-hmm. that exists in the League of Legends yeah, yeah. universe. You know, you get to play as those different types of characters. Okay. But what's so groundbreaking about it is the fact that one, you've got a gaming developer that has been so esports focused coming into this coming into yeah. the mainly grassroots field of fighting games. Oh my god, yes. This is yeah, this is the Smash Killer. This is the yeah, yeah, killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so here, okay, it's, you okay. can go one v one, or you can go two v two. We've never had a game where two people can play where one is in the main, but the other one can play support on the back end during gameplay. We've never had that before, and you can swap in and swap out different characters, but it's not. But you don't. You aren't playing as that second character. Yeah. You swap. You tag in. And then boom, you're out, and then the next player is, but you can still support them. So for the competitive scene, what does this mean for the competitive scene? Well, it opens up the ability to have 1v1 tournaments just like we've had specific, like in, in for years in competitive fighting games. But it also allows for 2v2. So now you've got team-based fighting games, which is unheard of and yep. opens up way more possibilities because like i don't know i remember when they dropped at evo and it was just it, it was all hell broke loose you know like it was it was absolutely insane so um and then and then you know team fight and then like riot even has tft yeah, yeah. the team fight tactics which is like yeah you know, i've heard like about smite killer almost <laughs> you know okay yeah so mm. it, it's like no other developer is taking a look at the esports scene from a community standpoint and just being like how yep. do we control the launch of the game how do we control uh that when we're launching like new <clears throat> when we're launching new expansion packs and stuff like that how are the fans going to react okay how do we make it so that mm. they have a positive reaction you know, it's all these yeah, like, yeah, little yeah. little little steps and most people just focus on hey the games are cool let's drop it now we made a cool trailer it's released a little bit before they're too worried so, about the start, but they're not worried about you know the journey. They're yeah, they're 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 worried about the end when they're they're not exactly like, yeah. You know, they're, just as you put it, they're not focused on the journey because releasing the game. I mean, look at GTA. You know, let's talk mm. about those guys. They have done such an amazing job milking as much. Money oh my they god! Found, they found their cash. See you in twenty thirty. So 
<laughs> yeah, it was like they found their cash cow and they they just like let it glide mm. for the longest time to the point where now people are using like GTA live gameplay to play like on TikTok. I don't know if you see on like these vertical platforms. No, no, uh, I... content platforms. It's like the subway surfer. Subway surfer's playing right here, and like the the whatever video clip they want you to see is right here. Oh yeah, yeah, I've seen that. That stuff. Yeah, it's it's just they're using you know that that's the uh, the telltale sign that your game is doing well when it. No, it's mm. <laughs> but um, I, I think there has to be some controlled level of mm. management for yep. the game title, even after it's launched, uh, in order for it to really stand out, because there's. Thank God, this is a great problem to have. But there's so much cool stuff coming out. All mm-hmm. like Senua's Sacrifice, another Senua's Sacrifice game just came out, or is going to be coming out. Like, I, I do you remember that game? I don't. No, no, because, I don't. Exactly. I don't even know what the game is. <laughs> yeah, it's well, it, it it's a uh, it, it's a really heartbreaking story. It's like one of those story driven games where it's like she her husband died and she yep. has schizophrenia, and this is in the Viking era. And she is trying to uh, set his spirit to rest or something like that. But you're fighting, like, you're fighting her inner demons mm. personified in gameplay. And it's like, yep. ah, it's just, it's so sad. It's like, you thought The Last of Us 2 was bad in the first 15 minutes? No, this this game is way, way more That's sad. Mad. I can't yeah. believe they killed Joel. I can't believe it. Yeah. I just, like, it just didn't make any sense. And that definitely mm. killed the fan base because, like, it definitely killed just the allure of the game because yeah, uh, for the longest time we were like, oh, I really hope they don't do the thing where they just kill off the main cast, the old, the older character in the first game to make mm. way for the next character to like, you know, yeah. go on. That's one thing that a lot of people were scared of in God of War Four, you know, with uh, or God of War Five, sorry, where they were like, oh god, what what if Kratos dies? You have to play as his good for nothing son. Uh, for the that would be game. a good game. I don't think that would be a good game. <laughs> no, no, they it wouldn't. The whole so, point like, is God of War. It's it's him. It's Kratos. That's yeah, the whole point. I, I just like I I, I don't know the, the God of War mm. four and five. Like you you even hear like the main the yep. the it's just the transformation of the character was like a little bit weird. But yeah, for Last of Us two, killing Joe I think was a really poor move on their part. Because so it doesn't have as much... You, you can look now, but it doesn't have as much of a following as Last of Us 1 did. Mm. You know, there was like... they were be- People were begging for a remaster. People were begging for more from it. And then, you know, yeah. Last of Us 2 came out and... Eh. Mm. You don't Maybe even get they... to kill the villain in the end, right? You, you just let him go. I haven't played the game, but I've seen clips. And I know, like, the whole story, basically. I've seen yeah. part one. Of course, there's the TV show. The TV show was amazing. Um, yeah, a lot of people really liked it. I um, I think the Pedro Pascal guy's a fantastic yeah. actor. Fantastic. He's really good. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. Um, and he's and they couldn't have picked anyone better for than him for Joel. Definitely. Yeah. Um. Yeah. For part two, I reckon I don't think they're gonna kill off Joel in part two, like the TV show. They might they might be able to go a different direction. I think they I might. Think it's just it, I think the girl who plays Ellie. Like is is not very believable as a standalone character, if that makes sense. Like I don't think she as yeah, an yeah. actor, like in her okay. role, I don't think she has enough 
of the qualities that would make the audience want to just focus on her. Mm. For, and, and look, maybe she's maybe they'll give give her a really okay. really good script, and she'll really be able to like yeah. step into that role. But I think from like also a story perspective, she's dealing with a game that, and and Pedro Pascal is also dealing with a game and telling the story where not a lot of people liked it. You know, and that's and that's tough. It's like with the Halo series when you like they decided to take Master Chief and make him go through this character transformation that nobody really cared about. He's just like, they yeah. kidnapped us when we were kids. It's like, yeah, dude, we already knew that. Like, if mm. we're not like that, that's how that's exactly how the Spartan ones yeah. and twos are supposed to be. Like, you can't you you can't write this show and be like, this is groundbreaking. Like, it's true. you know, there's so many other stories that you could have mm. told. And it's like with the same trap with Star Wars, you know they they. Oh, uh, the sequels. Yeah. Yeah, with the sequels, and like it was they they went. It's been known now that they went forth not knowing where they were going to take John Boyega's character. They're like, yeah, yeah, it was kind of like. He was really angry about that as well. Yeah, I I mean, I would be angry. Yeah, true. It comes out publicly Mm. that hey, you guys didn't know what you were going to do with me. Yeah. And he was the biggest fan of Star Wars on Mm. set. Like he was the biggest fan, so uh, it's it's really just heartless. But also at the same time, why were they telling that story? There was so much other stuff in Legends that they could have been talking about. You know, so true. The the Yuzang Vong War, Luke Skywalker. Oh my god, I need to see kids. that. They Dude, can still right? do it. Like, they can still yeah. sort of revive it. They can still sort yeah. of some have some of the characters do it. Like the the backstory behind that war is amazing. Yeah, and we get to we see like. Oh God! And there's like so many characters that experience mm. like a new level of development. You have yeah. like Luke Skywalker's kids like go through like falling to the dark side, and then and then Han, no Han Solo's yeah. kids, Han Solo's kids like mm-hmm. uh, fall to the dark side, and they come back and redeem themselves and save everybody. Yep. There's so many like crazy sacrifices mm. that make you think of that character in a new lens, like. Yeah. Um. Like. Like. It, it's kind of like um, later in the war when when Coruscant falls and like Chewie dies and then Han's like I could just he just racked with all this guilt of not being able to save his best yep. friend and he's just like his his last I feel like Chewie's last thoughts were I wasn't able to save him when in reality Chewbacca's last thoughts were Wow I got to save like we got to save everybody you know which is like just heartbreaking you know and yeah. and I think what is it the last the last good thing that they ever did was Star Wars The Force Unleashed. Oh, yes! Uh, that is such a yeah. good game. They, and and I say Star Wars The Force Unleashed, not Star Wars The Force Unleashed 2. They mm. they could have done so much more with that game. Starkiller was such a good character. I know. And it's just like, mm. it, but it's so crazy. It's hard to follow that character up because you had a guy, you yeah. had like a clone, what, who, and, and the original Galen Merrick was 16, or 15, and he like TKOs Darth Vader and the Emperor. It's yep. like, you got a guy, I'm like, what was his midichlorian count to the point where he was able to, like, you know, go from a mm. tortured assassin build to, oh, yeah, I just yep. beat the crap out of everybody here. You know, like, uh. mm. It's definitely an alternate universe, I'd say. I wouldn't count it as main yeah. timeline. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it it definitely makes you feel as though the power stacking in a gaming title was, I think it was very well developed. Like, if you go into a game like um, Warhammer Darktide, it's like, yeah, yeah. well, why couldn't I just play as a Space Marine? Because if you played as a Space Marine, that game would be five minutes long. You know, you go you go in and you would just bulldoze through, even if it is Powers of Chaos. 
but like yep. you would just he would just bulldoze through. So like the power scaling, especially when you're dealing with universes and universal storytelling in a world where there's so many different characters, like the games, that's where I feel like it really counts. It's because you're you're playing as that character and you have to be immersed in that character mm-hmm. as as a whole, you know. Yep. But yeah, I'm glad we were able to go <laughs> a couple different routes there. But uh yeah, it's like I think it would be such a good like idea to have the Yuzum Bond as the next part of it. Maybe with like the new Ray movie they could do it. Because mate, just like they're doing a really good do- good job with um what's it called, what's the character? Fawn. Um in this Ahsoka trilogy. Not trilogy, um the show and the Mandalorian film that's coming. I feel oh, like yeah, that's yeah. gonna be so good. But the Yuzum Bong technology is so would be such a new thing to the Star Wars system. And to go to another galaxy like they did in Ahsoka again would be great. And to see someone come just... Yeah, it's so brutal. Like their their culture is so brutal because they just like mm. cut off parts of themselves that they think are weaker, and they literally just replace it. And also, I think that, and they hate technology as well. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and the fact that their technology is all biological. Yeah, like it's all it's all living, breathing organisms, and and also the fact that they're so OP and the Jedi literally can't sense them. That is a complete mm. game changer as far as storytelling goes. Plus, like as Ahsoka as like a character, they're they try to they really try they really try to herald her as like the first on screen depiction of a gray Jedi. I kind of thought Star Killer was a really good depiction of a gray Jedi, but like the I don't know it's 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 a tough story to like dive into like for me it's tough to dive into just because there was so much in legends that they should have done more with yeah and this we just didn't get that and like i get it like just it, it it's you know i get it but i don't get it there's always you're always left yeah, wanting yeah, yeah. more with some of this mm. stuff but sometimes to the degree where you feel unfulfilled and that's yep. kind of where i feel with some of that it's, it's true as well. Um, and what's it called? Um, it was a bit too late because they kept switching directors for the um the first three films. And that was the big problem with it. They because it was um what's it called? What was the guy's first name? Because I know it was, I know it was Ryan Johnson for the the eighth episode, and then it was seven and nine. JJ oh, Abrams, that's it. So they just kept yeah. handing it back to each other. That's the big problem with the um show. Yeah, and and like. There, there's problems, the the legal problems that surround an IP as big as like Star Wars or you know you yep. can look over at like DC like with uh, release the Snyder cut like that kind of thing mm. and if you like you watch you watch the two of them and they're like it's night and day you know those kinds of like legal obligations that we go through with sometimes even with characters like Spider Man you know he was he was owned by a separate entity aside from Marvel for the longest time that kills yep. the fan experience it absolutely just murders it to the point where we're just like we're all left wondering what the hell's going on <laughs> you know mm. like there's there's nothing for there's nothing for me here um you know so i don't know that's uh, the, it, it's a tale as old as time the legality yeah. of the things that you want to do for the fans because mm. there was a whole like because everyone had so many fears after force awakens when it came to last Jedi as well because there, like, there were so many feels like, oh, maybe Rey is Obi-Wan's like, granddaughter or something. That, that was quite a big one. And yeah. I wonder what it would be like if J.J. Abrams wrote Last Jedi. Let's see the Abrams cut, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I, think, um, I, I think at the end of the day, if yeah. the, the fans and they should have gotten 
people who had written Star Wars novels to have an active role Ooh. in this. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like, you know, you, you got to get people who wrote stuff for Legends to be a part of the script writing. You know, mm. I, and I think that, that probably would have been the best way because if you get people who understand the source material, um, that that's probably, like, one of the best things that you could do uh, for the fans because you've got fans writing material for the fans. So yep. it's just it's the self this self-populating organism to to a point where everybody's like everybody leaves happy you don't really get that too often you know so um that's one of my biggest um things that i think uh, games workshop is doing really well is that they before they used to just delete and copyright strike uh people's warhammer uh animations now they just hire them they just hire them and they're just like, hey, we're just going to take your material and we're just going to put it on Warhammer uh, Plus. But, you know, you have to sign on with us. And they're like, OK. <laughs> I think that's like the best scenario we have right now. It, yeah, that does, sound, that does sound a lot better. There's a lot of companies that just like steal as well. Anyone even like tries to like give anything back. It's like what's called when um, Elon Musk was called. He just like took the X accounts, the X ads. And there was like that guy Uh-oh. with the X1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, didn't even get paid for it. There, it's crazy. Yeah, uh, digital ownership is a lie. Mm. Is, is something that we're becoming a, a, increasingly knowledgeable of, and yep. like digital assets are not truly yours unless unless they're CS:GO skins. Those, <laughs> those, people, those people have like kept their stock like for the longest time. There was a new one, wasn't there? Recently, it was like thirty million or yeah. something. Yeah, and um. I don't know. I just know that a lot of people are upset about CS:GO too. <laughs> That's what I know. And like, like our entire executive board is uh, former CS:GO pros. Oh, so, okay. That's sick. <laughs> yeah, I um, it's funny. Like, I I actually used to chill. Right? This is so. This is like my. This is my one humble brag for today. I used to like hang out with Adren, who is seen as like one of the most accomplished CS:GO players and coaches in like the world, and his. The guy who trained him is my boss, so, uh, That's so I like cool. have, I've like yeah I've like mm. hung out with them on several yeah, different yeah. occasions like together mm. and it's just like it's just so weird being in the room with these guys because they're they're like normal dudes but once you get them talking about certain topics such as like player strategy or game developer strategy like they turn into like completely different people it's awesome so that's that's my humble brag that I that I get to hang out with uh, CS:GO pros <laughs> the ultimate flex. <laughs> yeah, 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 and we're um, and, and he like they these guys also coached Simple, who is also seen mm. as one of the most yeah Simple's to go C- yeah 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 yeah, and um, we're gonna try to bring him to Pittsburgh in the next couple of months for some cool stuff. But okay. yeah, I I can't say more on it because I don't know mm. more. But I know that yeah, we're gonna yeah. try to get him to that's that's huge. You know, yeah. To, yeah, we're gonna try to get him to do some fun stuff mm-hmm. like with us. And um, tell us about like you know what you do more so with um knights, of course. So like um, you're you're a partnerships manager, correct? Yeah, yeah. I work alongside all of our uh, mm. current sponsors, and I also my main thing is to go out and get us new sponsors. Yep. What's your advice to other esports orgs on getting sponsors? 
I think uh, data tracking is the biggest thing that you can do. Mm -hmm. I think that there's a huge vacuum of esports entities, so that that's the teams, and that's also the or tournament organizers, uh, any company that exists in gaming and esports. You need to have accurate data tracking so that you know what is it you offer. Obviously, you know yep. competitive representation is cool, but it can only get mm -hmm. you so far. Content. So is more really content. Cool. Okay. Yeah, and, and content is cool. Yeah, but, yeah. But how are you? How are you presenting them so that it's not just sponsored content? How are you telling the story? of how this brand is positively affecting the gaming experience mm. and how are they affecting your fans? How do the fans yep. benefit from that? So I think data tracking, storytelling are two of the biggest pieces of advice that I would give to any organization uh, looking for new sponsors. And going to the fans and making sure that they feel constantly supported by these brands. So that's probably my biggest piece of advice. Okay. Okay, that that's actually quite useful. I'll take that into account as well. I mean, I'm an esports organizer as well, so yeah, 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 yeah. It's interesting to learn. Um, yeah, and as I said before, Oscar, I'm a big fan of Knights Arena because that was kind of what inspired me to start Blue Skirmish. So you've worked with Knights Arena quite a bit, I take it, because it's part of Knights GG. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So the, I think the the biggest hmm. thing with with Knights Arena is it's part of our organization's vision to establish yep. that path to pro environment that previously didn't exist in esports. Mm. And and the whole goal and focus of Knights Arena is to make it so that everybody can follow their dreams. And That's the good. way we do that is constantly trying to host tournaments and cool different titles that yep. that people want to be a part of. You know, we used to we've we've hosted tournaments in all kinds of different uh, gaming titles, such as you know Gears of War, Halo, uh, Halo, Halo Infinite, and uh, Valorant, Apex Legends, Rocket League, Fall Guys. You know, and, yeah. the, and the list is going to keep growing as we develop mm. more uh, developer relationships. But you know, trying to make it so that everybody can follow their dreams is is really where yeah. we're a part of, and and that's and that's an offshoot of my my vision of like bringing people together and seeing them mm -hmm. to their successes. So. Um, that, that's really what Knights Arena is all about. I respect that. I mean, what's cool, we're starting to see that more what's cool in the tier two and tier three. Seeing people are starting to wake up and say, oh, what's cool? It's quite hard to get into those stages of Valorant. So the fact that yeah. you're doing tier two is insane. And that VCT partnership is incredible. Um, yeah, it challenges. It, it, like I see, I see these people in just the qualifying mm. matches. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, I can never. Like you see the like going through Valorant, like just as a game title or or any game title, yeah, yeah. uh, like going through the various skills necessary to go pro. You know, you got movement, aim, uh, how you really uh, communication, and mastering each of those individual aspects is so indicative of, of future success. And you look at some of these guys in the tier three and the tier two scene, and it's like, wow, like. It's truly impressive their level of professionalism and teamwork, even being at uh, what some people would see as the lower levels. But they are setting, they're they're sowing the seeds for their professional career by participating in some of these like events by hmm. Knights Arena. Um, <laughs> but you know, it, it's like you see some of those. You, you see all of the characteristics of a champion when you look at like some of these events. It's just so interesting to me. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's amazing what's it called, and it's like 
it's nice that these players get to actually compete in events because, like, like I said before, it's like we didn't have many tournaments to enter, and now there is, of course, because exactly. I'm really happy to see it because, like, there's a lot of games where you know the developers don't care, and you know, Riot really set off on a mission what's it called to include like everyone, especially because yeah. like, that was the whole point of it. They set out and they knew what they were doing. They wanted to make an esports game, not just a game, an esports game. Which are two different things. Are two yes. completely different things. You know, an esports worthy title has way more management, has way more pl- multiplayer connectivity. The community mm. is way stronger, and the developers actively seek to grow that audience because. Oh, yep. and also it's free. Most esports titles are freemium, meaning free to play. But you can obviously take part in certain microtransactions to yep. increase the experience. You know, like League of Legends had like different skins. Like that's probably mm. the easiest example. Um, like different uh, cosmetic skins, which, you know, I think is cool. But and and I think it gives more opportunity to people yep. uh, who love gaming, but you know their wallets mm. are strapped. You know, like me, yep. which is why I play a lot of like older games. <laughs> but um, yeah. I've noticed your game collection as well. Um, you got Cyberpunk oh, yeah. and a few others. I, you yeah, know, you know, most of it is actually on here. Oh, okay. I got take I take advantage drive. of the of like one yeah. of those like ter- this is a Xbox specific terabyte drive uh, from Seagate. But okay. um, I mean, just going down like for some of these, like obviously this one was my favorite. Transformers: Fall of Cybertron mm. is like my ultimate favorite game, and then. You know, the obvious ones, like Cyberpunk, the Arkham Knight, uh, Arkham Knight. That's a good game, the, yeah. Do you remember the old Telltale games? I've played a few of them. I've played, yeah. um, what's co- my favorite is the Back to the Future one. You ever played that one? Oh, you like that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I feel I like it's the closest. <laughs> I feel okay. like it's the closest thing to a part four of, like, the actual films. Oh, but, truth. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Because I've always wanted but, to see a part four of that, but it's like, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I completely understand. And that's that's why gaming is, is such a cool mm. uh, environment. It's because we can continue to tell those stories yeah. not previously seen by by like those things. Like, um, But yeah, the small collection. Uh, there, I, I'm fortunate enough to live near like a game, uh, like a, a video game store. That has all of like the Xbox 360 and PS1 and Xbox yep. like gaming titles as well. But I'm trying to, uh, I'm, I'm trying to get my hands on like a, an older Xbox 360 so that I can, like a good one, so that I can play like uh, Fall of Cybertron. Because while it does appear on the Xbox Store from the licensing perspective, they can't have it. So it's yep. just like it's just an icon on the store. So I hate oh. that. So. I know it, it's heartbreaking, but maybe mm. like later on they'll be able to offer that and Spider-Man: Web of Shadows uh, on the Xbox Store because that was there my is, favorite Spider-Man game. There was a lot of lost games now. Um, like you yeah. have to like like the option for piracy is out there now so much. What's called that is forcing people just to pirate the game because to play their favorite game you have to normally, or it costs like five hundred million or something to find the game on Amazon or eBay. It's, yeah, I, do. I don't condone yeah. piracy. What's it called? Like, but at the same time, what's it called? It's like all of these developers and these game stores, what's it called? Just get rid of games, and like, like these twenty-year-old games, like they're really good games, but you can't find them anywhere. 
Yeah, again, digital ownership is mm. is not uh, is not actually real. Did like, you hear about Ubisoft? You, you no, I didn't. What they what did um, they do? <laughs> all right, so another Ubisoft L. Um, and then what they did is they made an, like a whole email. Um, Most critical did a video as well, and he was saying, "Oh, it's cool to tell." They said, um, "I don't remember what they said." It was something about accounts. Alright, so basically, what's it called? If you don't log into your account once a month, right, to play your games, what's it called? They will delete your account and all your games on it. That, yeah. It's so scummy. It's so scummy. That's, I guess that's how you mm. force an engaged fan base. I know, right? <laughs> We're going to delete all of your stuff. <laughs> like, what? I don't, mm. I don't understand. Oh, that's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. <laughs> no. Hmm. Cause like I'm quite a big um fan of like the Far Cry games and like I use Ubisoft the Ubisoft launcher for that. It's like seriously, like what are they yeah. doing? Uh they're making money. That's what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> mm. Yeah. You got an R six team. Is that correct, right? Knights has an R six team. Yeah, we yeah. we do have an R six team and they're based in Mexico City. Uh I like the R six competitive scene. I think uh I think they do a good job of like grouping, uh, mm. like as far as like the areas that they group together. I think it's it's pretty interesting. They're uh, in Mexico City, and like I talked to these guys, and they have like a cook and a maid. It's in it's, it's oh, so wow. bougie. I love it. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> like <laughs> they have they have a yeah, full time yeah, yeah. they have like full time staff taking care of them. It's so funny. That's so cool. Yeah, they live the good life. I can't lie. Like they're living in like. Palaces, man. I, I'm, I'm a yeah. big fan of those like esports like setup tour videos. Not the setup tour videos, but like the setup houses videos. You know, like yeah. the um the hundred thieves ones and all those other team ones. It's amazing to see them. You know. Yeah, like, I, I remember yeah. it was it's so funny. I remember when uh hundred thieves did their gamer compound videos, mm. and he like takes you through all like their different streaming rooms, and yeah. it just kind of looked like they're prisoners, kind of because he just like he opens nah. the door and the room's like this big. <laughs> And there's no light, and it's just like the Hunter Thieves <laughs> logo behind them. Oh, my um, God. and I think the uh, was it the not the not the TSM house, but there was a, there was another house in um, Utrecht, mm-hmm. and it was another gaming compound, and they had Alienware uh, PCs. Now, no hate to Alienware, but the PCs that they oh. did have <laughs> when it was just Task Manager like on. It yep. was like the fan was just like oh no, Alienware is notorious for that. Notorious, I like know, I... it's because there's no like ventilation. Yeah, I, yeah. I think it, it, there's no ventilation because of the aesthetic choice. You know, they and, could like... they could find a way though. They could find a way to no, like, oh yeah, they could they could totally find ventilation. a way. Yeah, but, like would it would it look as cool? Probably not. Mm. <laughs> I'd rather not an airplane though as a PC. Yeah, PS4s would all do I like would... that. Yeah, I would rather just like be able to enjoy my games. No. Exactly. And not when I like I boot up Minecraft and mm. it's just like and I'm playing just single player and you know, yep. it feels like there's a hurricane in my room. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Minecraft and RTX is a different breed, yeah. Especially with um PCs. Uh, it screams so much. The, these kids will not understand having like just Minecraft uh booted up on a on a school computer from someone's flash drive that they brought in and you're just playing like Minecraft with like some of your friends during 
like computer lab or something like that. Mm. Like nobody, yeah. nobody's going to understand the joy that we felt doing that or playing. I remember at my old high school, we would play Halo 2 together. <laughs> we would play Halo 2 <laughs> on like our, like in computer lab because mm. I, I had like accounting. Like I, I, would, I took yeah, accounting yeah. in high school and we would finish whatever we were doing and we would still have time on the clock. So we would start playing Halo. That's it mad. Was, it, I, I know it's, it's so weird <laughs> to think of now. But yeah. I was just like, huh, you know, because we would do that and we would have it like in the like close to mm. um, like a smaller tab. We would have it in a smaller tab closer so that we could quick yep. X out of that and like go to Excel or something like that. It was so funny. Mm. <laughs> a lot of school and colleges are getting actually quite smart, stopping people from doing that. They can like basically yeah. say the USB doesn't work when you put it in the. Yeah, you know, I think I think schools should do a better job of mm. like stopping certain things. I think the phones. I I think a lot of schools could should just put the what easiest fix. You could just put the entire school into a Faraday cage so that phones just literally don't work. Um, <laughs> but I think there's that. You, you could also just like there. There's a lot of different brands that sell bulk like dead phones. And when I say dead mm. phones, it's like it looks oh, just like phones. this. Oh, okay. yeah, it's like it's like a screen yeah, yeah. like this big and you can make calls and you can text yeah. and like obviously for emergencies when you're calling your parents like that's exactly. something that we need to watch out for but like yeah, having yeah, the yeah. smartphone capabilities with like content platforms mm. on there like social media like that that has to stop because a lot of people yeah. are the quality of education is being impacted negatively because <laughs> of that you know mm. and i think like and, and esports Esports has its time, but outside yep. of when you're exactly. scrimmages, outside mm. of when you're practicing, there's a balance. With the team, yeah, yeah, exactly. Outside of when you're practicing with the team, like you have other schoolwork you should be doing. Like mm. you know, it's it's there has to be that balance, and I think people need to hone back in on the basics of you know what makes school great. You know, turning off the t turning off the small screens that we have, making sure that the quality of human interaction is there. And a biggest thing, the biggest thing that takes away from that quality of education and the quality of human interaction is, is smartphone usage amongst like younger people. It's crazy that they're going to be at like a high school level of education, but they read at the third grade level. Oh yeah, but it's getting worse. It is getting it's worse. There's so many reports yeah. about it. Yeah. And like I saw, I saw a teacher. The it's because everyone's just and... doing this. Everyone's doing this. Yeah. Like yeah. And it's like yeah. it's because of like the attention spans. You know, it's like. Six second attention spans, like it's lower than the goldfish. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's getting yeah, it's getting worse, and that's because like we're so the instant gratification of so true. the biggest part of the video mm. within those first first like yep. two seconds, like the Mr. Beast style, with you know, and and look, this is no hate to Mr. Beast. Uh, I do I, a little bit, maybe a little bit of hate, but <laughs> the thing about like Mr. Beast videos is that mm -hmm. the, it works for the algorithm, and the algorithm yep. is you have to have that attention grabbing thing mm. to. And he popularized the uh, captions, like the captioning of videos. So yep. you're seeing what's going on. You're able to read what he's saying in the in the large, uh, fluorescent subtitles, and yep. boom, he's like, we're gonna. I don't know. We're gonna take all these babies and put them in a grain silo, mm. and then we're gonna. It you know, works like, really so, well. Yeah. It works. Yeah, it works. But mm. the negative consequences of that is that we're constantly expecting the biggest thing to happen within the next six mm. seconds. So True. that's why it's gonna go down and down and down. But yeah. you know, that's neither here nor there. We know what the problem is. Do will people fix it? No. But mm. yeah, whatever.
Yeah, uh, it's, it's it's funny that you say that because what's it called? We do the um the short thing as well where we have the subtitles. So. <laughs> yeah, it's it it works for the algorithm, man. Mm, it really I, does. Yeah. There's a really good um platform we use because when we start using AI with it as well, so we don't even have to pull up After Effects now. We can edit from a oh, what's it called? It's called like Opus Pro or something. No, Opus or AI. And I, it yeah, allow. I fucking I yeah, fucking yeah. Love Opus, dude. Opus it's so good. So well. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you have to edit it a little bit, but then it's like takes one second to do that. So it's amazing. Yeah, and the the free version's good, mm. but the paid version I hear is like night and day, just like ChatGPT. Like, it's as, so as good. Comp- I yeah, like, I as, as a company, we use uh, ChatGPT Premium, and now they have a pro version. But like the paid version where you have like ChatGPT four mm-hmm. is like really good, really really good. Ooh, I've never used GPT four. I've used three point five, but yeah, I've used. I, um, I would highly recommend. Yeah. Yeah, so it's quite accurate as well, because that it's, one's online. Yeah, it is pretty accurate. I mean, I use it. I use it for research, and I double, I cro- I double check the references that it gives, and it's it's factual. Yeah. It quotes stuff correctly. Okay, that is really cool. And um, I wanted to mention about some more games as well that um, you guys play. So you you've got R six, you've got Rocket League, you've got Valorant, correct? Yeah, um, we, you've got uh, we've Cods. Run... Is that right? Do you have COD as so well? What? Do you have COD? Oh no, no, no. we don't. Ah. No, we don't. We don't have COD. I mean, you ever like, thought about it? Call of Duty. Call of Duty is like really friendly for the independent content creator uh, audience yeah, yeah, yeah. and the Warzone audience. But as far as a team-based thing, mm. like it's it it it's not really worth getting into. And we so run not COD League? events. No. Okay. Call of Duty League sucks. We we run <laughs> we run the competitive scene for a lot of like Rocket League and Valorant, mm. but we 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 can't have teams in those. We can't field competitive teams in those yep. because I mean like legally, the developers told us like you can't do that if you're going to be running events, and we're like okay, that's fine. Sorry for what game um, again? Uh, for for Valorant and for um uh, for Rocket League, because any of the any of the games that were, you know we have events for we we can't yep. host a competitive team i mean it makes sense you know mm. but you know if, uh and then currently we have r6 madden wait so you don't have a valorant team I s- yeah i swear we you guys used to, used to have a valorant team yeah yeah, yeah we did. We did. that's what yeah. i was thinking yeah we used to have a valorant team we used to have mm. a rocket league team but we started becoming more of a governing body in uh, yep. north american esports so we can't really you know yeah. but as far like currently, what do we have? We have R6, iRacing, Madden, uh, mm. and then we have a fighting games player. Uh, he competes in Mortal Kombat and in Street Fighter. Okay. So, yeah, that's uh, mm. that's kind of our. And he's really big into Project L as well. So we'll see how Ooh, that goes. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, because like Project L, I'm really interested in that because um, it's like Nintendo's been doing some really shady stuff. I'd say. With the Smash scene, I'm not sure if you've seen the latest news, like how they were like stop people from like I've buying been, food I've and just drink. Been seeing, like, yeah, I've just been seeing Power World like stuff recently. That's all mm. I've been seeing. What if, what are they doing with the uh, Smash scene? So oh, I think it was October. I'm not sure if you saw any news articles about it, but they were basically saying, oh, what were they saying? They said something about oh, what's it called? You can't buy. It. You you have to have a license, even for like the small community tournaments. They're making it so you have to have licenses. And in order to have a license, you have to pay a giant fee, I assume. 
I'm not, I'm not sure about the um the, the fee that entails or anything, but I just know what's it called. It's normally you have to be like a premium like event organizer or something to have it. Oh. They're trying to cut down on it because they love destroying their scene, of course. Like like with Evo, like when they destroyed Evo. But yeah, um, but they made it so what's it called. Even if you're doing a community event, right? Just a small community event was called. You're yeah. not allowed to sell food and drink. You can't sell food and drink to people. It's That's crazy. Weird. Yeah, I know. It's I don't, I don't understand it. And well, what's then, it called? I mean, yeah. The obvious workaround is just you host the event in a separate room, and then you just have mm. all the food and drink in another room. And like, you're not even allowed to sponsor as well unless you have a license. But yeah, I just wow. I just find it all strange. Like, they really don't like Smash esports. Like, they took down a Splatoon like esport um tournament before. They they literally just got um I think it was Riptide. I'm not sure if you've had a Riptide. They were quite a big organizer for fighting games and Splatoon. And they just banned them on Twitch. But yeah. Just for a small event. Wow, dude. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm. I, so I I'm rooting for Project L. I mean, uh, if we're talking about like if we're talking about Japanese like copyright law, mm. there's no such thing as fair use over there. True. So yeah. like I mean like it would make sense on a legal level. They see something, they see part of their IP being used, they want to shut it down. But at the same time, I wonder for community engagement and just overall brand like life mm. uh, how they're going to how they're going to keep that going if they keep behaving yep. this way. So, it does kind of detract away, mm. but like what qualifies as like a larger event? Like I think it was like two hundred people or something going. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that sucks. I know, right? And like the beauty of fighting games and Smash is what's it called that they're always going to LAN events and stuff, and that's something is why I, I built a Smash team in the first place. It was like you get to watch them go to all these small time events, even in the grassroots scene. Yeah. That's the amazing part is that there's no like entry to like being a part of the scene. Really, you can just turn up what's yeah. called, and then you're a Smash player. There you go. But, yeah. yeah, and. It's it's one of the lowest barriers to entry, and mm. people love it for that. And and also, yep. Super Smash is one of the easiest, like, it's the easiest thing to bring to a party. Like, I think that's one of True. the things that really mm. attracted a lot of people, especially with the newest version of Smash. Um, yeah. And you're able to, what is it, like 10 players at one time, or 12 or something like that? And you're able to have... Just it's something like people. that, yeah. Yeah, I, I recently was at my friend's house, and we had, like, six mm -hmm. people playing on the screen at once and it was so hard to yep. keep track especially because i pre i like pranked my one friend and he played as I, I made it so that i played as the same character as him i was playing mm -hmm. as ike and he played as ike which is one of my favorite was was smash brothers brawl was one of my favorite characters to play as but now on the newest smash it's like really hard to play as him we're also using nintendo 64 wireless controllers which i have never played on Okay. I never used to compete on those. So, like, I, I'm mm. used to using just, like, a half of a Switch controller just to do it. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's a that's really like, that's weird easy. controller to use. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm, like, I'm trying to, like, figure mm. out which, like, thing. <laughs> like, I, my, I keep clicking the wrong button. Yeah, yeah. Suck. But mm. I still lost. So, oh. there we go. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting, like, how the GameCube controller survived in the Smash scene. Like, they still use GameCube controllers as, like, the... The go-to for pro players, 
And yeah, didn't um didn't Pittsburgh Knights have what's it called a smash team at one point? I swear I was looking on Wikipedia and there was something about it. Well, I I mean we used to have a really big smite team. I don't recall us ever having a. Here's the thing: I've been with the company since mm. 21. So when yeah, yeah. I was in with the company, we didn't have one. Maybe before okay. that we did, and yeah, we yeah. are looking to try and um have more local events. And Super Smash mm. is like one of the team, like the things that we want to run. Um, geez, I guess we can't have like food and drink at those events. But <laughs> yeah, trying to, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I generally, I'm um, generally vouching. Get into Smash Bros. Okay, um, get your team into Smash Bros. It would be so cool to see. Sign um, sign Cody. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 that guy. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I think um, I think it's gonna be a little further mm. ways away. One of the things that like attracts us to have like a competitive entity or like a competitive team. Okay. In specific, uh, gaming titles is mainly like how do the developers treat the teams, and yeah. it you know doesn't really yeah look like nintendo treats them mm. the best but you know we'll see we'll see down the road that's one of the yeah. biggest questions i get asked call of duty and super smash if we have teams there mm -hmm. so that would be such would you go for melee or would you go for ultimate if you were to because like melee's ultimate. got such a big scene as well it does oh mm. i'm not sure i'm not sure then is it yeah, yeah. ultimate the newest one ultimate's the newest and melee's um the gamecube one but Melee is still oh, yeah. super huge, and I'm really impressed with it because it's like 20 years old now. Yeah, it's amazing. And, people, and, it's, and yeah. people still compete with that one. That's crazy to me. It's huge. Huh. Like, it's it's growing even more. It's been growing like, in the last since COVID. It's amazing. But yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, it's it's really impressive. I don't. I've never seen like I know Nintendo isn't like the biggest fan of Melee because they want everyone to switch to Ultimates, but. Mm. Mm. Um, the community, I Nintendo fans are quite um, I don't know how to say it, but it's like they're quite good at adapting to new changes, mm. so they're ready to fight for their game because they they love it. They don't love the company; they just love the game. You know, that's yeah, keeps the game running. Yeah, yeah, but, that's one of the biggest things I see with mm -hmm. like the Pokemon audiences, and then they saw Power yeah. World coming in and changing oh, out, oh like my the God. possibilities yeah, of yeah. what of what you would expect mm. from a Pokemon game. And then now in the ten, and then everybody attacks them. Everybody just attacks yeah. the power world. It's so sad. You know they're getting like. They, do you hear mm. they're getting like death threats? It's like what the hell? Really? Oh <laughs> yeah, my the, god! Yeah, typical esports fans. Yeah, yeah, seriously, very toxic. <laughs> the developers are getting all all kinds of like death threats from Pokemon fans who are just like, I, I actually I literally don't know why. <laughs> like yeah. A lot of, I mean, the game, they're like, oh, the game looks like crap. And mm. I'm like, yeah, it's a fan game, dude. Like, but you can't come in expecting, like, multi-million dollar approach to a fan game. Nobody's going to invest that kind of time. Exactly. So, yeah. Did so. you know, did you know that Pokemon actually copied um, Dragon Quest? Have you, seen the, have you seen the image? No, I didn't. So type up, type up on Google, right, yeah? Pokemon um, versus Dragon Quest, like, creatures. And you'll see, like, an image of them compared to each other and they they've literally ripped the designs off each other and dragon quest oh, came up before wow. pokemon you see the image Can you see, yeah, it? I see it yeah yeah, yeah. it's crazy and you see how similar they look like, look at the zubat and um, the others pincer all that omastar yeah there's characters from dragon quest that look like they're from dragon ball z <laughs> that's funny that's the um that's the art design because it was the same um artist 
Oh, yeah. okay. It's quite a cool design. I do like it. But yeah. Yeah, it's it's an interesting um yeah, it is bad cuz like, you know, Pokemon fans are like, "Oh, you copy Pokemon." It's like, you know. Yeah. It's like, can't believe it. It's like, "Oh, it's like I saw the Opera GX tweet um the other day and was like, "Oh, why is nature copying um Pokemon's designs?" But yeah. Mm-hmm. But But they um, I think Nintendo said something about it before. Um, a few days ago, they were saying that. Saying, so I keep getting lost every time I make a point. Um, but they were saying, what's it called? How they've um, there's no comment at the moment, but they're thinking of an idea how to approach this power situation. Mm-hmm. There was like an article about it, but yeah. So they have made a statement, but then they're waiting. Okay, they're waiting. Mm-hmm. I think. I think what they're going to do is they're going to wait for power to get bigger and then they might sue them or something. But I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's just... Mm. I think it's kind of... I just think it, the whole situation is kind of silly. They could... Yeah. I think they should ignore it and I think they should just True. move past it. Just mm. keep on making cool stuff yep. uh, for Pokemon. You know? Instead of instead of just trying to attack this developer because that's just like a waste of resources to me. True. And like they copied Dragon Quest, like the the designs. Yeah, of exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's shocking how similar they are, though. Like someone showed that to me the other day. I was like, oh, I thought they, yeah, I didn't realize they copied <laughs> someone else as well. It's like, oh. Yeah, you're like, hmm, I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was a few questions about what I got sent um in the email for like, of course, the invite for you to join, and one of them. That stood out to me was like the challenges of running like Knights GG and like the management side. What are the challenges for you? I think the the biggest challenges for me is just so that people see mm. esports as a valid investment uh, for consumer outreach, and yeah. so they like so that they understand that by putting money into this, they're able to see a better return than they would. Um, on the traditional like advertising side, because mm-hmm. the way we, div- we the way successful gaming organizations weave uh, weave sponsors into the storytelling, it yep. is more of a natural conversion as opposed to just advertising at people. So I think that's probably my biggest challenge: mm-hmm. is making sure that people see esports as a valid investment going forward. Yep. You know, so okay, um, yeah, yeah, and it must be quite hard sometimes with some sponsors, especially the ones that aren't too gamer focused. Yeah, but at the same time, if they are still targeting that mm. fourteen to thirty-five or eighteen to thirty-five yep. high-income tech-savvy market, you know, that's still who is mainly represented in this fan base, and I'm, you know, even like endemics and non-endemics would like to be a part of that audience in some way, shape, or form. Yep. Gaining their loyalty is probably something that they want. You know? True. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some like key sponsors you've been able to like get, what's it called with Nice GG? Like yourself. Some like big achievements. Yeah. So like the larger ones that I've worked with are was our work with Investor and then mm-hmm. 
uh, helping our previous partners re-sign on in the next year, such as like Zippo and PNC. And okay. a lot of my other work also deals with our activations and brand storytelling that we've done with the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm. So I kind of have my, and, and also with our technology with Matchbot, and uh, yep. which, do you remember Champions Q with uh, League of Legends? No, 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 I don't play League. So I'll, I'll send you, I'll send you an I'll uh, I'll send you an article right now, but it is Okay. I always have this thing saved, but I'll put it in the chat of this call. And the idea behind Champions Queue is an automated Discord bot that allows everybody to queue up into the game straight from Discord and surpassing any kind of need for um you know to be in the same rank as as the rest of them. You know, and, and it's an automatic queuing up. So that that's probably the easiest way I could tell it. So I'm part of a lot of different projects, but those were some of the sponsors that I've been most active and a part of. Well, that, that's, that's really big. Yeah, it's a huge one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, oh, but wow. um, I think I, I'm really trying to... Hang on a minute. <laughs> I, think cool. the, I, I think the... Yeah the biggest thing is that I'm really focused mm. in on where we're going. And yep. as far as where we're going, I really want us to be a part of uh, relevant and forward-thinking gaming developers. So targeting some of those guys with our current um, tech offerings. And then going after big movers in the endemic and non-endemic space. Yep. So making sure that when I look at the human experience, I have everything mm -hmm. covered for the fans. They have yep. a go-to gaming peripherals brand that they can go to, making sure that they have, you know, a furniture company that speaks to them. They mm. have perhaps even what a chair uh, sponsor do you have currently? This no 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 no, no. this one sucks. Ah. Don't get this one. These suck. Oh, this okay. is just we, <laughs> we just found a company that could print them out and oh. As far as like, okay. as far as who's the best and who I'd recommend, Herman Miller, Herman Miller okay. all the way. Oh, um, yeah, Herman Miller Gaming—they do some of the best mm. stuff because all their stuff is backed by science. So if you guys can take a look Ooh. at those guys, um, but the and you know, in gaming chairs, making sure that yep. everything is supported, making sure that maybe if they want to go out and have like a new chapter in their lives with exercise and fitness. You know, we see that at the professional level of esports, they're hiring dietitians and coaches to make sure that they're looking and feeling right, uh, both mm. on and off the field, you know, so to say, and yeah. making sure that their brain connectivity is there. And one of the easiest ways to, to have that brain connectivity mm -hmm. there without Adderall is, well, yep. going in and making sure that the fitness, diet, and sleep are all there. So, uh, and really just making it so that the Knights as a whole provide all of the go-to benefits to the human experience that our yep. fans want. And that's really just, that's really what mm. I'm a part of. So tailoring my communications, finding the people that are best able to provide that for the fans, that's that's my biggest thing right now. So um, I actually just got out of a meeting with our internal team talking about how we're going to start accomplishing that going into the new year. And you know, I'm really excited for what I'm able to do on the behind the scenes so that people, mm. you know, that are okay. you know, very forward facing are able to succeed. Yep. I've noticed what's called how you have like multiple different brands in the Knights kind of like the Knights network. 
or as you call it, the Knights Group. Yeah. So how comes you have multiple brands? How comes you won't like go with the same name? Just out of interest. No, that's a that that's a great mm. question, and and really it's because they each of them provides such a different thing. And so from a branding perspective, it wouldn't really make sense for us to say, oh, you want some of this Knights technology for the League of Legends competitive scene, you know, and, and the branding needs to be able to speak to the separate audiences that are part of that experience. Oh, you know? okay. So even, you'll even see like the Knights, uh, compet- like the, the mm. logo here is different yeah, from yeah. the Knights Arena logo and the, yes. the Knights Arena the logo. The one your water bottle. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the Knights Arena logo, like mm. to me, looks more like something that would be seen in a live events arena you know yeah. and for matchbot it's very it's very much a tech company in look and feel uh the knights logo right here the way that it looks and it's something that can be either on the center or on the side of a jersey so when looking at all those things and what they provide that is what causes the separation that okay. you know, um but that, that's a that's a really good question mm. Do um champion make your jerseys? I take yeah, it. this was from a this was mm. from a uh, old collaboration. I think I don't know who does our jerseys now. I think I but uh, we did, we worked with Champion and then I think we worked with Meta Threads. Uh, for a uh, Meta while. Threads are good. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. But um, but listen, man, it's it's been really good talking to you. I I do have a yep. little bit of a hard stop at forty five, but okay. Um, I yep, do have some that's stuff fine. to, to yeah. run to, but it was, I would really like to come back on, on your podcast, perhaps in like the next season or, you know, later on down the road. I'd love to. Talk I'd love that. Yeah. 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 Perfect. We'll keep in touch. I, yeah, please do. You have my email. Um, hmm. And yeah, I think, well, that's the thing that I'm most active on. And obviously I'll be posting yeah, yeah. you guys um, on February 27th mm-hmm. when, when this one yeah, drops. Yeah. Uh, that's and, right and i'll be posting and i'll be posting this uh on linkedin and instagram where i'm also hey, well. nice yeah i dropped you a follow on twitter as well i'm not sure if you yeah, use awesome. that much yeah yeah I, yeah i barely use it because i'm not like an old man mm. ha. but uh, <laughs> I, but uh, i will follow you yeah yeah sweet um so you're most mostly active on instagram so yeah and linkedin so where where can we find you for the audience who want to learn more about you? Yeah, you can either fall, you can either look up Liam Brown East uh, Knights on LinkedIn, and I'm the only person that shows yep. up, uh, or you can go on the Knights socials, uh, um, Knights on Instagram, and you can see me in a lot of their uh, a lot of their posts. A nice. <laughs> I did I did see some stuff about that. It, it is it is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Honestly. Um. Final few words. Um. Yep. Big fan. That was um, the amazing Liam Brown. Um. Of Pittsburgh Knights. Um. It was a pleasure to have you. Any Any last few words? Anything you want to say before you leave? Yeah. I think that if you're looking to go into any field, understand why you want what you're chasing. Mm-hmm. I landed in esports because. I was chasing bringing people together. And whether you find that whether you find that vision or that dream in another yeah. industry, just make sure that you do as much as you can to set yourself up for success when pursuing that. 
So okay. that's probably the biggest thing. And and I want mm. and I'm gonna leave that open ended because that means something different for everybody. You know? Yep. For for me, like I, I took like like let's say for me for instance, mm. like when I was in university, I took multiple jobs so that I was able to accurately find where my vision was. When yep. I you know, before I started working at the nights and um I was I worked in clubs and bars to help keep the lights on so that I could keep chasing my vision. You know, mm. there was there was many different times where I had doubts, but I kept I kept pushing to find out where I wanted to land. So that is that's my biggest piece of advice to anybody. Um, pretty open ended, but it's mm. not a cop out. OK, so don't even try. <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of relate to that because I'm kind of doing that myself as well. So yeah. I feel like I'm in your shoes right now doing that, working at bars and stuff, because I'm doing the same kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah um, I feel like this has been very inspirational. Um, I feel like a lot of people are going to find this very helpful. And thank you for being on the show. Dude, yeah. I, please have me on again. Mm. This was awesome. Oh, I yes. Love, I, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, this was, that, great. this was great. I feel like we were able to talk mm. about like stuff that I don't usually get to talk about, like some of my my uh some of my other passions you know like yeah warhammer my personal thoughts on different game mm. titles you know and um so yeah please have me on again of course yeah i'm so down yeah let me know when you can be free for that one um yeah. and hopefully you guys will see liam brown in season three yeah awesome all right um but yeah thank you for being on this podcast awesome thanks jay no worries. See ya. See ya. And that was the amazing Liam Brown of Knights GG. Goodbye for now, and we'll see you in another episode of Team Voices Podcast next month.